Love Talk Radio. Open 
scripture reading, and go from there. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this day. Thank you, Lord, for all you've done already this morning for us. You woke us up, clothed in our right minds. We have the use and activity of limbs, life, health, and strength. Because of you, because of you, we have our being. We're living. But Father, without you, we can do nothing. We thank you for another week ending and another week beginning. Thank you for this Monday morning, a Monday we've never seen before. And, Father, we're grateful unto you because this is the day that you have made. And we will rejoice and be glad in this day. The day is good because you made it. And many times what come along in the day don't feel good to us. Sometimes it's alarming. It's disturbing. But, Father, yet. We have you. Hallelujah. And because you live, we can get through the day, any day, today, tomorrow, the next day, because of you. And we're grateful unto you this morning. We appreciate you. We love you. We can't say thank for um, thank you enough for all you've done, Father, for what you're doing right now and what you're going to do this day. Hallelujah. Monday the 8th, May the 8th. 2023. We thank you this morning for this day. Yesterday is gone and tomorrow is not promised to us. But Father, we have today and we can make use and make good of this day. And remember that this could be our last day. We want to remember that you may come back today. Hallelujah. So we want to live every day as if you're returning. We're thankful unto you. 
offer, all the warnings. We're thankful unto you that you don't allow anything to just sneak up on us. We're thankful unto you that, Father, your words say, watch as well as pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we have so much to be thankful for and to be grateful unto you for. We thank you this morning. We love you this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we thank you today. Hallelujah. And Father, I bring every call and every listener before you this morning, those coming through the archives and the podcast, asking that you would bless these, your people. They belong to you. Father, you made us all for your pleasure. And we come asking this morning, that Father, you would lead and guide us in the right path for your name's sake. And because your name is on it, it's all going to be good. We come this morning asking that you would bless our households, bless our families and our friends near and far. Father, we ask today that you would encourage us, you would inspire us and lift us up. Show us how to be more thankful and more grateful unto you. Teach us how to love you. In the name of Jesus, we are asking. Father, teach us how to work unto you while it's a day. Because when night come, no man can see. Help us this morning. We stand in the need of you. Can't make it without you. And Father, we ask all of this in Jesus' name. God, thank you this morning. Bless this segment of Jesus in the morning. Have your way here today. Move by your spirit here today. And Father, feed us until we want no more. Oh, we're grateful unto you. We're grateful unto you. Thank you, Lord. Lord, give us understanding, give us wisdom, give us knowledge. Show us which way to go in every situation. In the name of Jesus, we thank you. Again, we give you glory, honor, and praise. And Father, we ask it all in Jesus' name this morning. Amen and hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You know what each of us standing in need of today. Bless according to our individual needs, Father. And that's what you you always do. So do it for us today. In the name of Jesus, we thank you right now. We thank you, Lord. Amen and hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So we're moving on this morning. And uh, we want to look at the book of Exodus today. And so I'm just going to read a little bit of the first chapter. And then when we come back, we can read um, together this first book of Exodus. And it's the bondage and the big exit. Yeah. For Israel. And uh, we'll talk about that as we go on. But let's read this little bit. Uh, Now these are the names of the children of Israel. Excuse me. Which came into Egypt, every man in his household came with Jacob. And Reuben and, well, Reuben, Simon, Levi, and Judah, Iscoch, Zebulon, and Benjamin, Dan, Naphtali, Gad, and Asher. And all the souls that came out of the loins of Jacob were 70 souls. But Joseph was in Egypt already. We remember Joseph. The, the, the one with the coat of many colors. And Joseph died. And all his brethren are all that generation. They died. 
And the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly and multiplied and waxed exceedingly mighty. And the land was filled with them. Now there rose up a king, a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph. And he said unto his people, Behold, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come on, let us deal wisely with them, lest they multiply and it come to pass that when they are falling, falling out in a war, they join also unto our enemies and fight against us. And got, so get them up out of the land. I'm going to stop right there. We stopped at uh, verse 10 of Exodus chapter 1. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, let, let's. Where did you send it, Sion? And I'll find it right quick. Yeah. We uh, want to get through this book, the entire book of Exodus. And as we going through I believe the Lord is going to give us a little bit more depth and a little bit more depth, a little bit more deep, a little bit more deep for those who like to get like to get deep. But um, we want to learn. We want to learn from this and get understanding and get wisdom. Yeah, it, it, we don't just want to know about the book, but we want to dig in here and get what we're supposed to have. God is teaching us some things. Yeah, he taught us about Joseph, you know, and and what he went through, you know, and he didn't he didn't understand everything, but he had the patience to wait on God. Well, he didn't have a choice because he went from Potiphar's house to prison, <laughs> but and then God sent some people in there that could get him out of there that he would be displayed his gift would make room for him. Anybody remember that? When he interpreted the dreams for Pharaoh. And every time he told Pharaoh the interpretation of a dream, Pharaoh understood. So it caused him to have favor with the king. He wasn't Egyptian. He wasn't like Pharaoh. Yeah. So I, we want to check this out. I um, want to see, uh, let's see how we're going to do it, Brother Louis, because I want you to tell me, if you can, if you can hear this. Okay, tell me if you can hear, Brother Louis. Okay. It used to would let you hear. Now I don't know uh, why it took the sound away, but we're going to work on that. We're going to work on that and see if we can get the sound from the actual book of Exodus so you can hear. And uh, he reads, and we're going to stop and look at things. And uh, not like we did with the book of Kings. Remember, we went through the book of Kings, but this one we want to take our time. We don't want to rush through this book. So, because we want true understanding, yeah. And uh, because if we remember, they sold Joseph in the slavery. 
his brothers. He was jealous of it. Yeah. And you've maybe often heard me say the spirit of jealousy would kill you. They was going to kill him, but I think when the oldest brother said, no, no, he our brother now. Let's don't kill him. But look what's coming. Let's sell him into slavery. Let's get him away from us. We don't want to see him getting all that attention. Yeah. But see, what he told them he had a, a dream about, they didn't like it. They called him a dreamer. <laughs> they didn't like it. Little did they know that dream that he had was going to save their lives, was going to spare them. Even when the famine was in the land, they would be able to eat good. Yeah. And sometimes we misinterpret things. We see things and we misinterpret all of it for negative. So uh-uh, I'm not going to be a part of that. No, no, wait on the Lord. Be of a good courage. You're going to strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Yeah. Pray, pray. And don't be so quick to move on things. Hallelujah. So listen, um, we're going to one more request of the morning. And uh, when we come back, we are coming back talking about the book of Exodus. I love you, Lord, for your mercy never fails me all my days. I've been held in your hands from the moment that I wake up until I lay my head. Oh, I will sing of the goodness. was much longer than that. <laughs> All right, let's go with this one. Well, I tell you what, let's hear a testimony right quick, and um, then we'll come back with um, Exodus. Have you ever looked at a woman with laughs? No. Thank you for the reflection. Right, so what am I supposed to do now? <laughs> what do I do now? Shall I tell you? Please. Do you think there's an afterlife? Do you think it's afterlife? Yes. Yeah. And what about you? I think, yes, energy transforms. Do you so. believe in God's existence? In my own way. I don't go to church or mass, but I think that he's here to teach us to do good. Got a question for you. Where do you think conscience comes from? Yeah. Oh, oh, I don't know. <laughs> That's very deep for this time yeah, of the energy, morning. But I, energy, the um, science. Do you always obey your conscience? 99.9% of the times, yes. I think it comes from, from God and what you believe in. That's where conscience comes from. So God gave you a conscience? I think so. Why? Because we're here to do something good, not to do something bad. Conscience can be dulled. It's like taking the batteries out of a smoke detector. It doesn't alarm you if you do that. And some people dull their conscience so it doesn't speak to them. Right. Is there an objective moral standard that you can go by in life? I'm trying to point to the Ten Commandments. Yeah. Yes. So how many commandments can you name? Don't steal, don't kill. 
Eh, no robar. No robar. Uh, I have a command in life which is don't do, don't do what you don't want people to do to you. Yeah, that's the golden rule. Right. And so Jesus used in the Sermon on the right. Mount, which is the essence of love. Right. Okay, let's go through the commandments and see how you're going to do on Judgment Day. Can you be honest with me? I'm going to be honest. Can you? I'm very honest. Do you think you're a good person? I think so. And what about you? Good person? Yeah, I'm a good person. How many lies have you told in your life? Countless. Have you ever stolen something? Very, very few times. I was a kid. Have you ever used God's name in vain? That's the third commandment. Yes, very few times, but yes. Maybe. I, I don't remember. You have used it twice since I met you. Maybe, yes. Do you love your mum? I love her to death. And what about you? Do you love your mum? Yeah, I okay. really love her. You'd never use your mum's name as a cuss word. That'd be disrespectful. Right. But you've taken the name of the God that gave you a mother and used it in the place of that filth word to express disgust. That's called blasphemy, very serious in God's eyes. I appreciate your patience with me. appreciate your time. Oh, thank you. Thank you for the... Reflection. Jesus said, if you look at a woman and lust for her, you commit adultery with her in your heart. Have you ever looked at a woman with lust? No. When did you last look at pornography? Seven months since I met him. That's, that's lust. <laughs> okay. 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 So, so guys, I'm not judging you. But you've told me that you're lying, thieving, blasphemous, adulterous at heart, and this yeah. is where we're going with this. If God judges you by those commandments on Judgment Day, you're going to be innocent or guilty. I think we will be. Um, Judged by not only those things, but as a general of what we've done in life. You mean good things as well? Right. Try that in a court of law. If you've committed a serious crime, like you've robbed a bank, shot a guard, and he died, and the judge says you're guilty, and you say, yes, judge, I'm guilty, but I want to tell you about all the good things I've, I've done. Yeah. The judge is going to say, what are you talking about? I'm not totally. here to judge you on the good things. Totally, I agree. He but just judges you on the crimes. That's how justice works, and exactly the same with God. On judgment day, will he be innocent or guilty of breaking those commandments? I think I'm going to be innocent. You'd be guilty like the rest of us. Lying, thieving, blasphemous, adulterate heart. Right, so what am I supposed to do now? If you're guilty, will you go to heaven or hell? If I'm guilty, I go to hell, right? The Bible says all liars will have their part in the lake right. of fire. No thief, no blasphemer, no okay. adulterer. <laughs> what do I do now? Okay, so this is where... Going the, to the you may think it's funny that you're going to hell, but it horrifies me. I love you, I care about you. I thought I was a better person. Yeah, well, the commandments show us we're not. They reflect what we are in truth. Right. Do you know what death actually is? according to the Bible? It's wages. Yeah. Did you know that? Death is wages according to the Bible? Wages. Wages are salary. Yeah. Yeah, it says the wages of sin is death. In other words, God is paying you in death for your sins. Like a judge looks mm. at a criminal that's murdered three girls, he says, we're going to pay you in the death sentence. This is your wages. This is what's due to you. This is what you've earned. Mm. And sin is so serious to a holy God that he's given you the death sentence, the soul that sins shall die. Nicholas, what did God do for guilty sinners so we wouldn't have to go to hell? He did something wonderful. Uh, Forgive. Forgiveness? No. You actually know it, but you don't understand it. Shall I tell you? Please. Jesus died on the cross for the sin of the oh, world. Oh, yeah, right. Now, you know that. Right. But this will change everything for both of you if you can get a grip of this. The Ten Commandments are called the moral law. You and I broke the law. Jesus paid the fine. Right. That's what happened on that cross. That's why he said, it is finished. Nicholas, if you're in court and someone pays your speeding fines, a judge can legally let you go, even though you're guilty. Yeah. You can say, you're guilty, but someone's paid these fines, you're out of here. Yeah. Now, God can let you go. He can let you live forever. He can take the death sentence off you, all because Jesus paid the fine in his life's blood and then rose from the dead and defeated death. Right. And all you have to do to find everlasting life is repent of your sins. It's more than confession. It's when you actually turn from sin 
and trust in Jesus like you trust a parachute. Good. If you're on a plane 10,000 feet up, why would you put on a parachute? Save my life. Save your life. <laughs> and your motivation would be fear. Right. And that it's fear is your friend, not your enemy. It's doing good to you. It's driving you to the parachute. And Nicholas, I've tried to put the fear of God in both of you because the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom according to the Bible and that fear is your friend, not your enemy because it'll drive you to the foot of the cross where you can find everlasting life. Good. Now, do you know what repentance is? Repentance? No. Well, it's where you turn from all sin. It's something you continually do. I'm a Christian and I don't lie, I don't steal, I don't fornicate, I don't commit adultery. It's something I don't do because I don't want to play the hypocrite and just deceive myself. So you've got to be genuine in your repentance. So that means you turn from lying, stealing, fornication, blasphemy, homosexuality, anything you see in the Bible that God says is morally wrong. Is this making sense? Yes, but I don't agree with 100%. <laughs> well, what you've got to do is just go to the scriptures and say, God, do you, did you really say this, that adultery and fornication and lying and stealing and homosexuality are morally wrong in your eyes? If he did then turn from it because your life is at stake. This is what the scriptures say. Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals will inherit the kingdom of God. And because I love you, I've got to tell you that. So think about what we talked about. Would I'll you do that? About it. Think about it seriously. I'll think about it seriously. You think about it today? Yeah, think about it. Okay. And think about it with a sense of sobriety because you don't know when you're going to die. Totally. And we're talking about your life, your most precious life. Can I give you a gift? Go ahead. This is a book that I wrote. Okay. How okay. to be free from the fear of death. Do you think you'll read that? I think I'll read it. It's the Gospel of John. Okay, okay good. Mm -hmm. Two $5 in and out cards. Whoa, thank you. Thank you so much. Oh my, is that what you said? Oh, sorry. <laughs> nice to meet you guys. Thank you. Bye-bye. Nice Bye. Make sure you check out the Living Waters podcast and this. It's everything I've ever learned in 50 years of apologetics and evangelism. Get your copy of the Evidence Study Bible and check out the starter kit. Stand 
need your wisdom this morning. We need your knowledge. And God, we want to get the understanding of your word. You said you wouldn't have us ignorant. You, 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 you wouldn't make us fools. You gave us power, love, and a sound mind, a mind that we can comprehend what you're saying to us, the church, so that we can live by your word daily. We can remember what you said in your word. God, it'll come up a memorial and a testimony, your word. So do it for us this morning that we get the clarity and understanding of your word today as a group in the name of Jesus. And Father, let us all be on the same page. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. There's none like you. We can search all over. We won't find nobody, nobody greater than you today. So, Father, we thank you, and uh, we give you glory and honor, and we ask that you would do it for us in the name of Jesus again. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We can't make it without him today. Well, I, I may have to get with Exodus in the morning to, to, to do it all because I need to get all of these things downloaded because people have requested it. But if you give me a little while, I may be able to do it. If not, I know by tomorrow morning I can have it all downloaded in and uh, you can hear your songs or whatever it is that you're requesting or whatever it is that you have sent to me. I want to make sure I put that in there. Did I put that one in there? Okay. Y'all bear with me here. Bear with me here. Uh, Brother Louis, you sent me something awesome uh, that the little boy is doing through the Bible. Every every scripture, every book, every book, uh, he explained Jesus. I thought that was awesome. So, look, I'm going to play it here for us. But I have to get all of this put in because I didn't get everything put in uh, last week. And Sion, I have your request. I just found it, and uh, I'm doing that too. I'm putting that in to make sure. Okay, that went through. All right, bear with me, y'all. I'm not done. <laughs> I just need to get these at least get them in, and then uh, I can download them. Yeah. Okay, okay. All right, Sister Jerry, she said she's okay. Okay. All right, Sion, I got you working. I I got you working. Lord, do it. I got you working. Yeah. Okay. All right, first song, first thing first. Y'all y'all walking with me through this, but listen, what we're going to do, I'm going to take you uh let's listen to this one while I finish this up. And then we're going straight in to uh, Exodus. Yeah, let's let's get with this one this morning. Thank you. Oh yeah, bless him, bless him. I've got a wonderful, I mean, absolutely wonderful, Holy Ghost filled surprise for you. I mean, this person is absolutely revolutionized gospel music today. And he's much younger than I am, but I call him my hero. 
Would you get up on your feet and clap your hands tonight for the Reverend Kirk Franklin? living in a day and time where being politically correct is popular. Can we turn that around again? We're living in a day and time where everybody's saying the name of God, but nobody wants to say the name of Jesus. We don't want to offend the Muslims. We don't want to offend the Jews. We don't want to offend the Arabs. And so therefore we crucify him of flesh. But I want you to know that there will come a time when every Muslim, when every Buddhist, when every Jew, will have to get down on their knees and have to confess that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall die. So I want every blood-washed believer to not wait until then. And if you've ever gone through something, you know right here that there's something about the name. Something about the name Jesus. Something about the name. Something about the name Jesus. It's the sweetest name. It is the sweetest name, sweetest name I know. I know, and I love that name. Oh, how I love that name, Jesus. Oh, how I love that name, Jesus. It's the sweetest name, yeah. That's Just take a minute and explain to him what you're really trying to say. What you really trying to say? Don't say something.
Spreading the love worldwide. www.jesusinthemorningradio.com Hallelujah, hallelujah, Mr. Rance Allen and Mr. Kirk Franklin. Something about that name, Jesus. And I am with them when they are right. It's something about that name. It's the sweetest name I know. And that is for real right there. It is the sweetest name I know. And I'm grateful unto the Lord for that name. It's a name where even the righteous can run in and be saved. I can call on the name of Jesus, and whatever's going on will stop. Whatever's going on, it will stop. Yeah, because I believe in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we're looking at the book of Exodus this morning. And Exodus really means exit. Yeah, exit, go away, yeah. Exodus is the record of Israel's birth, Israel's birth, 
as a nation within the protective womb of Egypt. The Jewish family of 70 rapidly multiplied at the right time, accompanied with severe birth pains and impregnation, numbering between two and three million people is brought into the world where it is divinely protected, fed, and nurtured. The Hebrew title, now, now these are, I'm sorry, now these are the names come from the first phrase in Exodus 1 and 1. Exodus begins with now to show it is to show it as a certain, wait a minute, y'all forgive me. I'm looking at too many things at one time. Um, now is to show it as a continue, a, a continued or going out. Yeah. Okay. We're going to stop right here and read a little bit on this side this time. Because I, I, I really want us to take our time to, to, to really see what's going on here. Exodus is the second book of the Bible. It's narrated the story of the Exodus in which the Israelites leave slavery in biblical Egypt through the strength of God who has chosen them as his people. The Israelites then journey with the prophet Moses to Mount Sinai where God gives the Ten Commandments and they enter into a covenant with God who promises to make them a holy nation and a kingdom of priests on condition of their faithfulness. He gives them their laws and instructions to build the tabernacle. That means which by he will come from heaven and dwell with them and lead them in a holy war to possess the land of Canaan, the promised land, which had earlier, according to Genesis been promised to the seed of Abraham. So look, I want I want to look back at this. I noticed that well we're not saved by what we do. We we saved by grace. Yeah, we we saved by the love of God. He so loved us. Yeah. And he found a way to redeem us back to him. Because we were separated. But look what it says right here. Who, who promises to make them a holy nation and a kingdom of priests on condition of their faithfulness. He gives them the laws and instructions to be a, a tabernacle. He goes on and let them build a house now. But on your faithfulness, I'm going to do all of this, but you got to remain faithful and obedient unto my words unto my laws, unto my statutes, unto what I said. I can't just bless any and every old thing. But if you obey, I can bless you. So we're looking at Exodus, and some of us remember uh, Israel come under the hand of Pharaoh. And we remember how Joseph got there and all of this. So let's start right here. Let's look at Exodus chapter 1. And I read down to the 10th verse before, so you know now that 
Jacob had 70 in, in his family, in his particular lineage, in his special place, I want to call it. Now, these are the names of the children of Israel which came into Egypt. Every man and his household came with Jacob. These were all Jacob's children, his relatives, all of that. Reuben, Simon, Levi, and Judah, Issachar, Zebulon, and Benjamin, we, Dan and Naphtali, Gad and Asher, all the souls that were out of the loins of Joseph were 70 souls, but Joseph was in Egypt already. Your immediate family, you know who they are, and you can even count the immediate family members. Yeah, and so this is what it was for him. These are what we call immediate family members. But each one of these are, are going to become a tribe, hallelujah. Yeah, yeah, each one of these, because each person going to have their own families, and their uh, families going to have families. Yeah, they became a tribe. So it says in verse 5, and all the souls that uh, came out of the loins of Jacob were seven his souls, but Joseph was in Egypt already. Verse 6, and Joseph died, and all his brethren, and all the generation. All of them died and went on. Yeah. And the children, verse 7, and the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly and multiplied and waxed exceedingly mighty. And the land was filled with them. But I'm going back up to uh, verse 6. They all died. And before they died, they had some history. They had some things that had gone on that that, that Egypt remembered them by. Joseph was next to the king. In a way, he was more powerful during his time than Pharaoh was. He had wisdom, and when he went to Pharaoh to tell him about the, the famine in the land and it coming into the land, and uh, may have been, been in the land, he told him, he said, hey, because you, you, he wanted to know from Pharaoh, how do we set this up? You know, how do we set it up so everybody can get grain and what they need and uh, we don't give too much away too quick because we don't know really in a way how long the famine going to last. Or they may have an idea, but they wasn't sure. So now he told, Pharaoh told Joseph, you're the one. You're the one with the wisdom. Go ahead and set it up. So he gave way to Joseph. In other words, to do what the king would have done. I want to say this this morning. Sometimes we may get into some situations, and there's no way we can get ourselves out of this thing. And we keep trying to, you know, to handle it, but it gets worse. Every time we touch it, it gets worse than it was before. That is a clear sign to let go and let God do it. 
Let it go. And let God work it out for you. But many don't know how to let it go. Many don't know how to let God work it out because they don't trust him. They don't truly believe. When you truly believe God, you can let it go. You can trust it. You go pray. You put it on the altar before God and walk away. Believing in your heart that God is going to fix it. He, he fixed the other stuff. Why won't he fix this for you? What makes this different than the other things you, you, you've been going through? Well, Bobby, they say they're going to foreclose on the house. I already got the letter. That don't mean nothing because you got a letter. That's the letter that man sent. Did God send you a letter and said on the 14th he going to put you out? No, that's what man sent. You put it on the altar before God and you believe God. Who gave you the house, number one? God gave me the house. By, okay, well, if he gave that house to you, that's your house. The only way the house go away is you want it to go. You, don't, you no longer want it. Or God take away to make better for you. And sometimes when he take away to make better for you, there are great trials to go through to get to better. Because you need to learn something. Yeah. You got in a temporary loaner house. God did that so you could come up in your faith in him. You could come up in your trust in him. Believe in him. So Joseph went through some stuff now. He went through great things. Lied on, they tried to kiss his boy, they wanted to, sold him into slavery. You know what that feel like? But yet God had a purpose and a plan. So let, let's go here. So now, they dead and gone, and uh, the ones that was left in the land, they increased quickly, abundantly, and multiplied, and waxed exceedingly mighty, and the land was filled with them. Oh, that was a lot of them, a lot of Israelites over there, more so than Egyptians. Verse 8 says, now there arose up a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph. This is where the trouble going to begin. But they were multiplied, and they did it quickly. And, and, and oh, boy, it, it just, they just had more and more and more children. Again, more so than the Egyptians. There were more Israelites there, again, than the Egyptians. So now, 8 says, now there rose up a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph. And he said unto his people, behold, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come on, let us deal wisely with them. Let they multiply. And it come to pass that when there falleth out in a war, war, they join also unto our enemies and fight against us. And so get them up out of the land. Yeah, I, I need y'all to go on because what y'all doing is, is too many of y'all, you know. And if war break out, y'all going to join our enemies and fight against us. In other words, and just wipe out all the Egyptians. Yeah. So many Israelites. Ooh, we. 
So uh, he told him to get him, get him out of there. Yeah. And uh, let, let's deal with him, you know, wisely. So they go, they're coming up with a plan. Yeah. So verse 11 says, therefore they did set over them taskmasters to afflict them with their burdens. And they built for Pharaoh treasure cities, uh, Python and Ramses, Pythons and Ramses. So, yeah, come on, let, let, let's put them to work. Let, let's put a yoke around the neck. Let's put them into slavery. Let, let's make them work for us. And the more I want, let them build it so that the Egyptians won't have to break their back on certain things. We'll put them over Israel. We'll put them over those people. Yeah. But we, we got to remember God had a purpose and a plan yet. But Joseph had died and all those, you know, and, and all of those that was a part of his family. And Pharaoh died. And here come a new king. And the new king don't know about Joseph like the old king did. Yeah. And so Israel is, is, is in some trouble right here because uh, they making them slaves. Yeah. Verse 13 said, well, let's go to 12. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. And they were grieved because of the children of Israel. What? Look at all these Israelites. Way more than we are. So we got to get them under control. We got to get a grip on this. They are taking over our country. They are taking over. Too many of them. Yeah. What's that? Okay. And verse 13 says now, and the Egyptians made the children of Israel to serve with rigor. Or oh, it was rough. It was rough. And they made their lives bitter with hard bondage in mortar and in brick. Okay. Sorry about that, y'all. In mortar and in brick. And in all manner of service in the field, all their service wherein they made them serve was with rigor. No matter what they got them to do, they gave them the roughest of rough, made it hard for them. Yeah, they added stuff that really didn't have to be added, but it made it rough for the Egyptians, I mean for the Israelites. Verse 15 says, And the king of Egypt spake, to the Hebrew midwives, of which the name of the one was Shifra, and the name of the other Pua. And he said, when ye do the office of a midwife to the Hebrew women, and see them upon the stools, if it be a son, then ye shall kill him. But if it be a daughter, then she shall live. Because kill the males, because they can produce more children, more Israelites. Let the women live. Because she can't produce the same thing. So we could put her with an Egyptian man and she 
it'll still be Egyptian blood in him. He won't be against his people. Yeah, that 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 was them thinking. Yeah. So in verse 17 it says, but the midwives feared God. That's a great thing right there. To fear God. It's the beginning of wisdom. If you fear God, you're a wise person. Yeah. So the midwives feared God and did not as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the men's children alive. Yeah, they were scared to kill them. They knew they were the people of God. No, I'm not killing nobody. He said, you know, in them commandments, thou shalt not kill. No, I'm not killing. 18 says, and the king of Egypt called the midwives and said unto them, why have you done this thing and have saved the men's children alive? Yeah. In other words, I told you to kill them. Why didn't you kill them? They are still living. 19 says, and the midwife said unto Pharaoh, because the Hebrew women are not as the Egyptian women, but they are lively and are delivered in the midwives come in unto them. By the time I come in to check on the uh, Hebrew women, the Israelite woman, by the time I come in there to do that, she already done delivered. She's not like the Egyptian women. They slow. They don't, they don't deliver that fast. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God have a purpose and a plan. 20 says, therefore God dealt well with the midwives, and the people multiplied and waxed very mighty, still growing, still abundantly, still multiplied. Yeah. And it came to pass because the midwives feared God that he made them houses. They feared God, and he blessed them to have children and a family because they didn't kill the men, children of the Israelites, Hebrew. They, they didn't kill the Hebrews. Yeah, they let them women went on and delivered them babies. So verse 22 says, And Pharaoh charged all his people, saying, Every son, look at this, Every son born ye shall cast into the river, and every daughter she shall save alive. Now, every one of these men children, y'all kill them. Throw them in the river. Again, the, women, the, the girls, the females, they can, you know, live. So all of this started after Joseph and Jacob and all that clan, after they died, Israel got a new king. And again, once they got the new king, he didn't know nothing about Joseph and what Joseph had done for Israel, I mean Egypt, uh, none of that, how he had been close to the king and gave the king instructions. Again, God got a purpose and a plan. Because had he known the ability 
of Joseph and what Joseph did for Israel, I mean Egypt, he may not have been as harsh on the Hebrews as he was. But again this morning, he did not know. Yeah. And then sometimes, you know, they don't care. Yeah. I got my rules. That king had his rules, and I got mine. Yeah. And so this is the way that I'm having it done. And I thank God for the midwives being obedient. And because they were, they were able to have children and a household, get married and all this kind of thing. Now, they explain this again about uh, Exodus 1 and 21, about that, that I think was the housewife. And they said, in addition to the three positive verses of this, well, well uh, interpretations of it, this is the result of the attitude we are once again reminded of. The midwives fear God. And again, that's what we got to do too. We got to fear God and depart from evil. He will come in and bless our lives. I'm not telling you what they told me. I'm telling you what I know. He will come in and bless your life. When we fear him and obey him, when we depart from evil, if ever there was a time to do self-inventory, it is right now to see where we are in God. And we need to check us and make sure we're not in bondage nowhere in our lives. Make sure we come out of darkness into the marvelous light and our light is shining. Fearing God shows wisdom because you're going to bow down to him because if he raised up to you as we go on in the book of Exodus, you're going to get to see what he does, the power that he has. Pharaoh didn't just want to turn uh, the Hebrews loose. Israel lose. He didn't want to turn those people loose. He felt they had a good they built building all this stuff under him. That's labor he don't have to pay for. And he's getting everything done that he wanna get done by the hand of slaves, people he have in bondage. And that bondage thing don't feel good. People learn to adjust to it because we're humans, and basically we can adjust to anything. But that being in bondage and in slavery, it does not feel good. I tell you what, when I was a child and and I got a punishment of stay in your room, you're going to be in there for three days. You get to come out to go to the restroom. You get to come out to take a bath. You get to come out and eat, but that's it. You're back in that room. Everything you basically doing is in the, is in your bedroom for three days. What? Yeah, you're doing your homework in there. Oh, oh, and you get to come out and do your chores. 
And see, when I was on punishment, I want to ask, oh, Mama, you, you want me to do this? You want me to clean the stove? She's like, no, I cleaned the stove yesterday. You go back in that room. <laughs> so I know how that felt. So I could imagine what the Israelites being in bondage and extra stuff being added to you. I could imagine what that was like. But yet again this morning, God has a purpose and a great plan. Yeah. All of those that was under Jacob, 12 tribes, 12 tribes, all of them passed away. Joseph was already in Egypt. He passed away. But he had sent for these people to come. The brothers, you know, bring your families. He, 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 and then a lot of them started families in Egypt. Y'all come on in. I'm over everything. I'm over the food. I'm over this. I'm over that. Whatever I say, it goes. So they went down into Egypt and joined Joseph. Even the dad, he played a trick on them. Remember with the money, put the money back in the bag for the feed that they were going to take back the food, brother. They were going to take back to the dad. And he told him to bring that youngest brother, but the dad didn't want the youngest brother to go because Joseph was the youngest boy at one time, and he disappeared. And the dad never knew what happened to him. Yeah. So I've got a purpose yet and a plan. Yeah. I want to read a little bit more. I, I want to go over to, unless somebody has something they would like to add to this. If you have something you want to say, uh, a point or, or whatever, you know, that you understand, feel free to press that number one and come in today. Yeah. It's time for new glasses again. I'm telling you. And, uh, you hear me? Yeah, because I'm, I'm, I'm making the words out. And uh, I got something that may fix it all. Hold on. One bad whisper. Okay. Let's see if this will help me right here today. Okay. Let's go over to chapter two. Let's take a look at chapter two. And if we get through chapter two today, then we'll just brief over what we did today, tomorrow, if the Lord says the same. But look, in verse two, it says, and there went a man of, of the house of Levi and took the wife or daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bare a son. And when she saw him, that he was a godly child, goodly child, she hid him three months. Yeah. And when she could not longer hide him, she took for him an ox of bull rushes and dabbed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein. And she laid it in the flags by the river's brink 
and his sister stood afar off to wit what would be done to him. So in other words, his mama made a basket, filled it up really, really good, put him in the basket and put him by the brink of the river, by the bank, not put him in the river, but by the bank of the river. And the sister was watching, his sister, of the male child that was in the basket. She was watching. And and when she could no longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes. Oh, okay. She hid him for three months. I'm going back out. I went too far. She hid him for three months. And at the end of three months when she couldn't hide him no longer, that's when she made the basket, put him out there in the river and thing, by the river, and sent the sister to watch. In verse 5 it says, And the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river, and her maidens walked along by the river's side. And when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. But what is that over there in that basket, you know, over there with the flags and everything? What's that? Y'all go get it and bring it to me. Verse 6 says, and when she had opened it, she saw the child. And behold, the baby wept, and she had compassion on him, and said, this is one of the Hebrews' children. Verse 7, then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and call to thee? a nurse of the Hebrew women, that she may nurse this child for thee. God used the sister to speak up. And sometimes that's what we have to do, too. We have to speak up. Not only just trust God, believe him, and have faith, but sometimes he'll put it in us. Speak up. Say something. Don't just accept what they said to you. I said, yes, they're telling you no. And in this occasion, you can speak up and say something. But a lot of times we sit back and just, you know, allow them to do what they want to do to us. Mm -hmm. Especially as being the people of God. Because they can see, they can see good. Men up can see it, they may not like it, but they can see good. So look what happened. Boy, I tell you. And we're at verse 6. No, we we down to 8. Y'all forgive me. Yeah, we're down to 8. And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. And the maid went and called the child's mother. Verse 9. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Take this child away and nurse it for me, and I will give thee thy wages. And the woman took the child and nursed it. You got paid (laughs) for seeing about your own baby. For seeing about your own child, Pharaoh's daughter paid his mama to see about him. So look, verse 10 says, And the child grew, and she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. 
and she called his name Moses. And she said, because I drew him out of the water. And in verse 11, and it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown, that he went out unto his brethren and looked on their burdens. And he spied an Egyptian smiting a Hebrew, one of his brothers. He saw an an Egyptian fighting one of the Hebrews. And, uh, yeah, let's see what happened. Verse 12 says, and he took this way and that way. He looked, I'm sorry, he looked this way and that way. And when he saw that there was no man, he slew the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. And when he went out the second day, verse 13, behold, two men of the Hebrews strove together. And he said to them, said to him that did the wrong, wherefore smitest thou fellow? Why are you fighting your brother? Why? 14 says, and he said, who made thee a prince and a judge over us? Intendest thou to kill me as thou killed the Egyptian and Moses feared and said, surely this thing is known. Now look, you 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 in bondage, you in slavery. And you see this man of the king's house kill who's against you because he's one of you. Now that now he see you and one of you fighting. He see two Hebrews fighting. He stepped in to try to stop it and said, let's don't fight against each other. In other words, don't you see they got their foot on your neck? Why kill each other? No, he didn't like that. He come with, I got some guilt on you. Because, you know, people do that. When you show them they dirt, uh, instead of dealing with the dirt that they got, they won't do that. They'll show you your dirt or remember when. Yeah. So now Moses know that they know he killed that Egyptian. It's time to go. Because you're showing that you're Hebrew. See, we wanted you to act like an Egyptian. You're not acting like an Egyptian. You're acting like who you really are, a Hebrew. So we couldn't change you. So Moses know this, so he's thinking they're going to kill him. I better get up out of here. So look. In verse 15, it says, now when Pharaoh heard this thing, he sought to slay Moses. But Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian. And he sat down by a well. Yeah, he knew. He knew coming up back in verse uh, 14, this thing is known. Surely this thing is known. And just as he thought, Pharaoh found out about it and wanted him dead. 16 says, now the priest of Midian had seven daughters. And they came and drew water and filled a trough to water their father's rock. And the shepherds came and drove them away. But Moses stood up and helped them and watered their flock. 18 says, and when they came to 
Ruel, their father, he said, how is it that ye are come so soon today? In other words, why why you got here so quick? Usually it take longer than this. So verse 19 says, and they said, an Egyptian delivered us out of the hand of the shepherds and also drew water enough for us and watered the flock. Verse 20 says, and he said unto his daughter, and where is he? Why is it that ye have left the man? Call him that he may eat bread. Look at this. All you got to do is, is do something good. And many times you'll be rewarded good. Sometimes it, it looks like I'm going to walk away and nothing is going to be done for me. So I accept it and go on or sit on where I'm at. And then you call back. They come back and they reward you for your good deeds. Yeah. Sometimes it's 20 years before you're rewarded. But we stay faithful in being good and treating other people good. And we obey in the word of the Lord. We're trying to show God that we want to do what's right. Because if we remember his eyes are in every place, he's beholding the evil and the good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So looking at verse 21, and Moses was content to dwell with the man. And he gave Moses Zipporah, his daughter. 22 says, and she bare him a son. And he called his name Jershom. For he said, I have been a stranger in a strange land. 23 says, and it came to pass in process of time that the king of Egypt died and the children of Israel sighed by reason of the bondage. And they cried, and their cry came up to God by reason of the bondage. Yeah. That king that put them under bondage died. And now they get a chance to cry to God. But before that, look what happened for Moses. He had to get up out of Egypt. Went down and helped some girls with some water and some sheep. The water, well, the water, the flock they had, they had, and the dad said, "Well, how you got here so early today? Well, the Egyptians helped us. So, well, where you at? Why you left them out there? Go invite the man in to come and get some food. Yeah, he helped y'all. He worked today. He's got to be hungry. Yeah, and so Moses decided to stay with them. Got him a wife. Had him some." Had him a son. Yeah. Found out that the king done died over there. Israel crying out to the Lord. Verse 24 says, And God heard their groaning. And God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. Sometimes that's what happens. God don't, you know, he don't really know you like that. Because you really haven't served him. You really haven't uh, went through no trials that, you know, he brought forth to bless you and you got the lesson out of it. You, you somewhat have a form of godliness and you denying the power thereof. But, you know, somebody taught you about God enough 
that you know if you pray, there's a chance of your prayers being answered. Yeah. Yeah. So God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. So God remembered what your grandparents did. He remembered what your parents did. He remembered what some godly person in your family did and brought it up so that he could bless you because you're not doing nothing but complaining and grumbling and gossiping and carrying on. That's all you're doing. Yeah, I've I, I seen a thing where he was in the club singing the gospel song, and the girl was at the counter getting ready to take a drink or drinking. And when she heard that song, yeah, but she didn't get up out of there. See, the scripture said, come about, you know, come away from them. Separate yourself. Yeah, come out from among them and be ye separated. That's it. Yeah. 25 says, and God looked upon the children of Israel, and God had respect unto them. Because they cried. They was his favorite children. He loved them. He only wanted the best for them. He told them, if you do this, I'm going to be able to bless you. He tell us the same thing. If you do this, I will be able to bless you, but we don't get it. We think we can do it sometime, and the, the other time, we don't have to do nothing. He want it done daily, every day. He want us to apply this word to our everyday life. But I want you to look at this. The family member that was over everything, Joseph, dead and gone, and all those that was with him. And a new king arose who didn't know the work of Joseph. Saw how fast they was multiplying. I'm talking about they was having them some babies. Outnumbered them. Because they in Egypt, they in these other people land. In their country, outnumbering them. The king said, hey, hey, hold up. We got to do something about this. Let's get them up and get them out there in slavery. And told the midwives, remember, when the male born kill it, when the girl born, she can live. They couldn't do it because they feared God. He called him in the midwife. Called, hey, look here. Why didn't you do what I asked you to do? Well, they had a baby so quick. By the time we get to them, the baby already born. They quick. They can take a little pain more than the Egyptian women. They're not like that. They slow in birth. And because these midwives feared God and didn't kill the male children, he blessed them to have some. Moses come on out of there and saw they was fighting over there and he killed the, the, the Egyptian that was over him, I'm assuming in some kind of way, or maybe he was just harassing him or something and Moses wanted it to stop. He killed him. Yeah, took him on up out of here. Not knowing somebody saw it. So when the two Hebrews going to fight, 
he went to stop them, you know, and try to get them to understand, y'all from the same place, what you doing? The one that he, you know, showed him his wrong, the error of his way, he told him, what you going to do, kill me like you did the Egyptian yesterday? And that's when Moses said, oh, I know that they know about this thing. I got to get up out of here. And Pharaoh said, yeah, he got to go. We're going to kill him. I want him slave. So Moses had to get on out of there. Went, and look what happened to him. Yet was blessed. He was yet blessed. This verse is one and two. But we're going to get to see him even in his old age what happened. Yeah, the book of Exodus, exit. They go exit eventually from under Pharaoh's hand. I just wanted to tell you that much. And it's already all right. Listen, maybe someone is not sleeping and they want to add a little something to this because a lot of times when uh, the message is not pumped up, you know what I'm saying, people go to sleep. But I want y'all to pay attention to Exodus real good now. Because some of this this may come our way. Somebody else may be over us in this country. Yeah. Because we are his people called by his name, but we won't humble ourselves and pray. We won't seek his face and turn from our wicked ways so he can hear from heaven and forgive our sins and heal the land. That's not what's happening. We're chasing after the things of the world more and more and more and more. Yeah. They dangling it so we can see it and we running out. Even in the church. We bring a worldly stuff into the house of what we said was the house of prayer. And we bring it in God's face. Except this. God don't accept any and every old thing. No, ma'am, and no, sir, he don't. He's a holy God. It's got to be holy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's why he told us that he's a spirit. And they that worship me must worship me in spirit, holy spirit, and in truth. Yeah. Hallelujah. So, look. I want to play this one this morning. It's an 11-year-old boy, and uh, he reveals Jesus in every book of the Bible. Yeah, I, I got to get them glasses, y'all. I'm sorry. Y'all know I tell you everything. Yeah. So let's let's take a listen to him. In Genesis, Jesus Christ is the seed of the woman. In Exodus, he is the Passover lamb. In Leviticus, he is our high priest. In Numbers, he is the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. In Deuteronomy, he is the prophet like unto Moses. In Joshua, he is the captain of our salvation. In Judges, he is our judge and lawgiver. In Ruth, he is our kinsman redeemer. In First and Second Samuel, he is our trusted prophet. In Kings and Chronicles, he is our reigning king. In Ezra, he is the rebuilder of the broken down walls of human life. In Esther, he is our Mordecai. In Job, he is our ever-living redeemer. In Psalms, he is our shepherd. In Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, he is our wisdom. In Song of Solomon, he is our loving bridegroom. In Isaiah, he is the prince of peace. Jeremiah, he is our righteous branch. In Lamentations, 
is our weeping prophet. And Ezekiel is the wonderful four-faced man. And Daniel is the fourth man who watched fiery furnace. And Hosea is the faithful husband, forever married to the backslider. And Joel is the baptizer with the Holy Ghost and fire. And Amos is our burden bearer. And Obadiah is mighty to save. And Jonah is our great foreign missionary. And Micah is the messenger of beautiful feet. And Nahum is the avenger of God's elect. And Habakkuk is God's evangelist crying, Revive thy works in the midst of the year. Zephaniah is our savior. And Haggai is the restorer of God's lost heritage. And Zechariah is the fountain opened up in the house of David for sin and uncleanliness. And in Malachi, he is the son of righteousness, rising with healing in his wings. And Matthew, he is the king of the Jews. And Mark, he is the servant. And Luke, he is the son of man, feeling what you feel. And John, he is the son of God. And Acts, he is the savior of the world. And Romans, he is the righteousness of God. And 1 Corinthians, he is the rock, solid as your In 2 Corinthians, he is the triumphant one, giving victory. In Galatians, he is your liberty. He set you free. In Ephesians, he is the head of the church. In Philippians, he is your joy. In Colossians, he is your completeness. In 1 and 2 Thessalonians, he is your hope. In 1 Timothy, he is your faith. In 2 Timothy, he is your stability. In Philemon, he is your benefactor. In Titus, he is truth. In Hebrews, he is your perfection. In James, he is the power behind your faith. In 1 Peter, he is your example. In 2 Peter, he is your purity. In 1 John, he is your life. In 2 John, he is your pattern. In 3 John, he is your motivation. In Jude, he is the foundation of your faith. In Revelation, he is your coming king. He is the first and the last, beginning and the end. He is the keeper of creation the creator of all. He's the architect of the universe and the manager of all time. He always was, he always is, and he always will be. Unmoved, unchanged, undefeated, and never undone. He was bruised and brought healing. He was pierced and he's pain. He was persecuted and brought freedom. He was dead and brought life. He is risen and brings power. He reigns and brings peace. The world can't understand him. The armies can't defeat him. Schools can't explain him and the leaders can't ignore him. Hair couldn't kill him. Pharisees couldn't confuse him. The people couldn't hold him. Nero couldn't crush him. Hitler couldn't silence him. The New Age can't replace him. And Oprah can't explain him away. He is life, love, longevity, and more. He is goodness, kindness, gentleness, and God. He is holy, righteous, mighty, powerful, secure. His ways are right. His word is eternal. His will is unchanging, and his mind is on me. He is my redeemer. He is my savior. He is my guide. He is my peace. He is my joy. He is my comfort. He is my Lord. He rules my life. Wow. He remembered all of that. That was not reading it from paper, I'm told. He remembered that. So, in other words, he had to learn that. And then he could, you know, recite it and keep reciting it. And so I thought that was just awesome, just awesome. I could feel the spirit in that. Yeah, spirit of God. So listen, I'm going to this next song of the morning. Lord, do it for me. Oh, Lord.
I say like this, I say, Lord, fix it for me. Anybody know that only God can do it? Oh, fix it for me. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Because, Lord, I have a problem that only you can solve. Play for me.
something right now. Come on, say, God, I need you to do it right now. Lord, I need you to do it right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, do it for me today. Do it for me. I thank you that you're able, and I believe you're willing to do it just for me. Anybody need him to do something for them today? Make it clear, make it plain. Give me wisdom, give me understanding. Yeah, of your word. Lord, do it for me today that I can apply your word to my life. I can show you that I love you. I can show you, Lord, that I want to live right before you dare me. I don't ever want to forget. Yeah, because he's got a purpose and a great plan for our lives. Hallelujah. Anybody have something they would like to say about Exodus. Yeah, feel free, feel free to say something today concerning what God has said. Yeah, and it's already all right in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. If not, uh, this morning we will close out early and we pray that the Lord will bring us back Wednesday morning. I found out I have to do something tomorrow. So Wednesday morning we will come back with Exodus and we are coming back with a little more of some understanding on it. So we got this part down. We might, after this book, we might go backwards into Genesis, but we want to finish the book, the entire book of Exodus, and we want to see what happened in, what caused the exit, what caused them to come out of Egypt, who brought them out, why he brought them out, because they was crying, if we remember, they started crying out to the Lord, because the king that put him in bondage died. And here comes a new king. Moses left Egypt, went on and got married and had children. And we want to see what happens. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I see you, Brother D, this morning. Good morning to you, sir. God bless you. God bless you. Good to see that 706 in there. <laughs> Good morning to you, Sion. Yes, ma'am. That's a beautiful song. And we're waiting on the Lord. We can't do nothing until he comes. So we're crying out, Lord, do it for me. Good morning to you, Sister Rita. God bless you this morning, Sister Jerry. God bless you. So happy that you and nothing bad happened. Yeah. You, you are all right. Good morning to you, Sister Simoa and my goddaughter, Laura. Good morning, good morning. Good morning to you, Pastor David. God bless you this morning. Good morning to you, Sister Irene. God bless you this morning. Sister Dr. Goodman, God bless you today. We thank God for each and every caller and those that go to those 
podcasts and to the archive shows. God bless you. I see the numbers. And so I'm thankful unto the Lord. Yeah. But we're remembering the exit of the Hebrews out of Egypt. Yeah, exodus. Yeah. And y'all take a look at it so y'all can press that number one and say something about exodus. Because Israel was God's people. He favored them for disobedience. And see, when we disobedient, when we're doing something else other than the word says, it brings us into bondage. Yeah. He may have said, don't go back over there no more. Even to a church, a ministry, sometimes he tell you, get up out of here. And don't go back. But we go back anyway. And we sit there. And our lives are being tormented. We're going through. And we're not remembering. He said, come out from among them and be separated. I'm guilty. I was in a ministry and I loved it. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. I loved the pastor. I loved his wife. His relatives was there. I loved them. And I love what we used to do at the church and how he brought us together. I see, sometimes all of this is done so that I could bring you into bondage and you will do what I want you to do so I can use you to be of my own empire. I'm using the name of God. I'm even preaching the truth over there. But I want you in bondage because I want to be like everybody else. So I want to be like these certain people. I want to have a mega church. And so I'm doing some things to get you there, but I, I had to bring you in the bondage to get you there. But when the truth was preached, you accepted the, the truth. And God saw you, the very intent of your heart and your heart was for God. And you over here with these people and you believe their heart is for God. But their heart is to get bigger in ministry, have more people, have more tithes and offerings. Now they can buy the house on the hill with the dog named Fluffy. And they say God gave it to them. He allowed it. But this is what happened. God said, get up out of there. He set you free. You made your big exit. Yeah, you sat there for so long, though. You had your family there, your children there, and you kept sitting there. He told you to get up out of there. In my case, I left, but I came back. The first time, he asked me out of there. The second time, he told me to get out of there. The third time, he put me out of there, and I had not gone back. Oh, no, oh, no. Now, they may have had some funerals over there. And I went over there to a funeral to pay my last respect to the person. But come out going back over there, put my name on some roll, uh-uh, uh-uh. He said, come up out of there. And that's what I did. Yeah, God is faithful to us. Oh, he's faithful. And we must learn to be faithful to him. So Egypt was this, I mean, uh, uh, Israel was disobedient and found themselves in bondage. God had delivered them under the hand of Joseph. 
because there was a famine in the land. And the dad was sending his sons over to Egypt to get food and things. Yeah. <laughs> but again, God have a purpose and a plan, and we want to see what happens by going through the book of Exodus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So listen, let's pray. If no one have, we have plenty of time this morning. So if you have something you would like to say, I have time. And we can hear whatever it is you got to say. It may have been you. God may have told you to do something. And you did it temporarily and then you let it go. He said, continue. He said, come out. He said, leave them alone. His words say, stop fornicating. His words say, stop shacking up with people. Because see, God see your heart when you're shacking up. That let him know you don't have no true intentions for this person. You're going to continue to use them. Because you don't want to put your signature on the dotted line that I'm going to say for the rest of my life, I'm going to be yours. You're going to be mine. I'm going to love you like Christ loved the church and died for He said, stop committing adultery. You continue on, but you're in the church. You go to church. You go to that building. But the only way you can really be in Jesus is you must obey him. He said, you're his if you obey his word. You're not his if you're not obedient unto his word. There are no excuses you can come up with. There's nothing you can say or do because God has spoken. It's your job to say amen and to obey. We want to have one foot in the church and one foot into whatever we want to have our foot into. But this is what his word says. He won't have us lukewarm. We got to either be hot or cold. God will respect us more if we just turn him loose and go on out there and do whatever it is we want to do. He'll, he'll have more respect for you because you're not trying to be a trickster. You're not trying to be a scammer. You're not trying to cheat your way. Because he said, if you come to him any other way other than straight through to Jesus, and once you found him in obedience unto him, you come as a thief and a robber. Because you're trying to trick God. And trying to trick yourself, which you can't trick yourself because you know you better than anybody else. And God knows you better than you know yourself. Yeah. So we have to come straight to him and obey him. Look back at what he's done for you. Had not been for the Lord on your side, where would you be? He opened a door back there. He'll open one up here. The main thing is to have faith and trust in him. If we can have faith and trust in him, are we good? We are good. And if we can learn to wait on him. He's coming. See, but a lot of times he's not coming as fast as we want him to. So we showing out. We think we're doing something. We're going to change the situation. No, ma'am and no, sir. It won't work. Yeah. Pharaoh's daughter got Moses about the river being and all of that. Raised him until he got to an adult. 
See, even in all of that, God had a purpose and a plan. He showed the sister and told the sister what to do. The sister spoke up. Saved his life when he got his mother. His mother took care of him, fed him and everything. Because they wanted him to turn from Israel to Egypt. They wanted him to be an Egyptian. He couldn't be there. He was born a Hebrew. And see, on your job, that's what they may want from you. Even in your own home, they may want you to turn into somebody else that you're not. And you try for a while, but eventually the real you come out. And they don't like that. You're against their rules and regulations. You're standing for what's right. I got a call in that was on Saturday. I got back from being with my family and everything and took that old pound cake on over there and do it. They tore it up. Oh, they went through it right quick. And I got back and I got a call on the way back, but I had some things turned up because I'm trying to focus in the driving today. Oh, all kind of stuff going on the freeway, on the interstate. So I got back and, and Check my messages, and, and the call was, and this lady have told me this several times. Yum, yum, yummy, yum, yum, Louis. Uh, the woman had told me this several times. In her house, they come together and fight against her because she won't become a part of wrongdoing. She stand her ground for what's right. The husband, the son, they fight against her. Because they want her to bow down to the devil and she won't do it. So a lot of times we're going to be done wrong, talked about, humiliated, uh, stuff taken from us, nothing given to you because you decided to stand for what's right. But after standing, I'm going to encourage you this morning to stand for more. Because you're standing on the word of God and you're choosing to do what he said and not what man said. You're choosing to follow what's right and holy instead of following the world. Because when you follow the world, it's not right and it's not holy. There's no righteousness in it. It's their thing. They do what they want to do. And they try to include God, bring God in on evil, on flesh. Flesh and God. Spiritual are always at war. So you're not bringing God into the world. He made the world. What you got to do is bring the world into God. So a lot of us, we go to church, we listen to church stuff and all of this. And uh, we, some of us, we talk about God. Some of us won't. We listen to worldly music and they done turn this thing and put all kind of stuff in there. And they talking about I ain't talking about the beat. I'm talking about what they said. Listen, there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is destruction. So we have to be careful today, and make sure we look into the hills from which cometh our help, and praying and asking God for understanding and clarity, not what your flesh wanna feel. But see, they got it all now. So I'm like country western. So they got the country western gospel. So 
Some like rapping. They got the rapping and the hip-hop gospel. There's only one gospel, and it's a holy gospel. Some like rhythm and blues, so they got the rhythm and blues gospel. But we got to go back to the old path and look around. We got to go back to God and find out what it is he really wants, because I've been listening to too much stuff from the world. We're in the world, but we shouldn't be of the world. Because we belong to a holy God. And without holiness, no man is going to see him. Your flesh can want what it wants, and you can please your flesh, and they can put godly words in there, they can put scriptures in there. But if it's not of God, it won't say, uh-uh, uh-uh, you won't make it. You won't make it with him. When he come back, you can't go. You gave more to your flesh and more to the world than you gave to God. You didn't even work unto him. You worked unto your flesh and you worked unto the world. I have never seen so many people that's chasing after money like I see today. Nothing means nothing but money. If you don't wear name brand stuff, these people are supposed to be Christians. They choose to talk about you. Okay, okay, Brother Lewis. Yeah. If you don't wear name brand sneakers, they talk about you. But that's the world mentality. That's not the mentality of God. If you don't have the Michael Kors purse, if you don't have the Louis Vuitton, if you don't have Fendi, if you don't have Coach, they, they'll talk about you. But they can talk about me. I like what I like, and I'm going to buy what I buy. And if it's not name brand, oh, well, it serves me in the way I want to be served. It blesses me in the way I need to be blessed. Yeah. I, I bought some towels, and they're just fluffy towels, you know. You get out the shower, and you dry with a towel. You go to the beach, you get wet, you dry with a towel. Well, when I look back at it, it was a good towel. But I didn't go in there looking for name brand and what this towel going to do and how fluffy it's going to stay. I needed towels to dry off with. It just so happened God blessed me to get good towels. And I love a white towel. Some people can't stand it. They got to have colors, but dye is in colors. So I like white towels, plain and simple. Yeah. But I thank God today that he gave me a sound mind. He gave me love that I want to lift him up so he can draw the world to him. I thank him today because he gave me the power, power in the Holy Ghost, Power in the anointing, power in my mouth, power in my tongue, that I can speak things that are not as though they were. But he's not giving that to everybody because everybody is not after him. They after what they want out the world. They after what their flesh want, the natural man want. But we must become a spiritual people. Following and serving a spiritual God because he's a spirit. 
He can be here, there, and everywhere at the same time. Huh? Glory to his majesty. He can work it out for me, and I have a different situation than you, and work it out for you. Your situation is different than mine. He's that kind of God with all power, Jehovah. There's no higher power. Yeah, I reverence him. I respect him. I be careful because I, I don't want to be calling his name too often. Yeah, he's to be reverent. His majesty, almighty God. Yeah, that kind of thing. And I'm thankful unto him that he give us wisdom. But we can ask for it. Let's fear him. Let's pray and ask for understanding. Let's remember what we found out so far in the book of Exodus. So we can exit our bondage. For some of us, we're in bondage. Some people in bondage to the hairdresser. They go every week to the salon to get the hair done. Because they think that makes them a worth. Some people in bondage to the nail shop. They go every week or every other week and get their nails done, hair, uh, feet done, because they're in bondage to it. Yeah. Some people just have to be at the concert because they're going to tell others, I went to the concert. They take their bill money and pay for stuff. Their old people won't pay people back because they are in bondage to what they feel their need for, especially the outer man. I want to be uh, uh, in bondage for the spiritual man. Yeah. I want to tell my flesh no so that the spirit of God can hear yes. Hallelujah. I want to thank uh, Minister Sean and Sister Dorothy Goodman and Sister Irene. God bless y'all for, I needed that $20. I thank God for you. <laughs> I needed more than two or three twenties, And so I thank God for that. And uh, I was able to even eat out or have it brought in to me. And uh, the person said, oh, you want the crab? I really did, but it's very expensive right now. Although God opened a door, you know, when I really, really wanted, he opened a door and I have the big crab tray. But I was able to have fish and chicken, coleslaw, all the world's greatest rolls, little cute rolls, they sent me from old Charlie's. And so I'm thankful unto the Lord for that meal. Yeah, it was bought for me. And I looked at that and I tell the Lord, thank you. And I hope in my heart and mind, I'm praying that I service people in love. I service people well. Nothing out of my flesh, but I serve from him, the spiritual God, that have all power. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And uh, just love him this morning and love what he does, what he has done, and what he's going to do. Yeah, I love it. And I believe if we lift him up together more, he will draw all men unto us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Good morning, Apostle. God bless you this morning. Yeah, I'm thankful unto him because there's none like him. Yeah, but I'm in trouble. I got myself in trouble. 
knowing he said don't do this, but I did it anyway, got myself in trouble, but yet I can go back to him, ask him to forgive me, mean it, and guess what? He forgive me and then bring me out of the trouble. Sometimes he'll go on and bring you out the trouble and just wait on you to repent. What other gods we know does that? What what other gods we know who love us that time after time I done got in trouble, time after time I done sinned, and when I come and ask for forgiveness, he does it for me. I got to stay with this God because there's a day coming when we got to stand before him. And what would we hear him say? If he came today and looked at your life, what would he see? What would he see in you? What would he see you doing? Would he see the truth in you? Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Would he see the truth in you? Or would he see all kind of mixed emotion, jumble, bumble, distance? What would he see in you? Lord, I know you said no fornication, but Lord, I... I got to have me a man. I got to have me a woman. No, you don't. You don't have to. You got Jesus. And pray and ask him, if it be your will, Lord, I want a husband. If it be your will, I want a wife. Lord, I want you to choose for me. I don't want to choose for myself because I'm bad at choosing things. I've chosen before and I'm by myself now. I've chosen before. They even called me to sin. So I don't want to choose. I want you to choose for me. Send the man of God that you have for me. And Lord, I want to make sure that I've been healed of my past relationships. I've been hurt and done wrong. I've been used and abused. I don't want to go through that no more. And I don't want to take nobody through that. So Lord, heal me. Heal me. I'm dealing with something right now uh, with a couple. When I tell you that thing is weighty, it's heavy. I've never seen nothing like this in my life. Usually when people see it won't work, they go on. Because somebody going to end up getting hurt real bad or killed. But sometimes people won't do that. It's the first time I ever saw anything like this. And I can see somebody going to kill somebody. Now, if you think I didn't tell them that, hey, you're on another page. But people want what they want. They want to please their flesh. And when I tell you there's no good thing in your flesh, no good thing. That flesh will have you dead. That flesh will have you jacked up. It'll have people looking at you like a fool. Because really and truly you are because of your behavior. Because you're trying to get something that you shouldn't have and you can't have it, but you just keep on and you're willing to do anything to keep trying to get it. When you don't see it's not happening, it's never going to be. I've had people, I'm praying. You can pray all you want to. God is not doing it. He showed you. Come on out of there. Let's make some changes. Let's do what's right. And the main focus should be him. 
Because if you stand with him and you're obeying him, then what happens is he will bless you. He will work uncommon miracles in your life. You've had some miracles before. before. God has done some some impossible things, I should say, for you. But uncommon, these things you don't get every day. God will begin to work uncommon blessings in your life. I was headed to the prison yesterday looking at how God blessed me. I go to sleep at night. If 6.30, I recline on that couch, and I'm not talking to nobody. I'm just on the couch, and I might have something on the TV. But guess what? 6.30, I'm knocked out. <laughs> sleep good. No worries. No, no, I haven't done nobody no wrong. I'm not struggling with nobody. I was looking going to the prison yesterday. I'm not struggling like I used to even. He loves a cheerful giver. I became a real giver, and he made ways where we don't even know a way is there. We don't even know a door is there. He opened that door. But we got to give this old raggedy flesh up. Kill it, let it die, so that God can live in you. You can obey his word. You can stand on his word with a surety, because his word won't fail. He's not a lying God. And what he sent his word out to do, that's what his word will do. I want to ask y'all to pray for that couple too, intercessors. Y'all pray for them. I need your sincere prayers for them. Yeah. Ask God to lead and guide you in the prayer for them. Because he made them and he made them for his pleasure. But I'm telling you today, in 2023, we got to sell out to God. What we used to do. It's not going to be working like it, it, it used to work. We, we could be in and out with God, in there today, out there tomorrow. We go to church on Sunday, Monday, we come back cussing and, and talking crazy and doing what we want to do. Monday and Tuesday. Wednesday, we go to Bible study and try to get it together. And our, hey, we're not really, we're here, but we're not listening. How can I tell you that? I told you I used to do that. I had that form of godliness and denied the power thereof. I went to church on Tuesday, back there on Wednesday for Bible study. If they was having something Friday, Saturday, I was right back over there. Saturday, I might cook for the church. Tuesday, I cook for the church. First Sunday, I served breakfast for the church. Sunday, I'm in Sunday school and go to church. And I mean, he preaching, and I knew he was telling the truth. But guess what? Before he gave that benediction good, the boyfriend was at the front door outside park waiting on me to come out to get in the car with him, and away we go. The boyfriend, I ain't say no husband. All that good preaching, he doesn't preach. Uh, I wasn't thinking about it. Now, I'm just honest. But if you talk to me, oh, I talk to you and tell you about the goodness of God and, and yada, 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 I can just run it off to you. At a form of godliness, denying the power thereof. My faith really wasn't in him. I was not trusting him, depending on him, or waiting on him. I was waiting on myself, 
I was waiting on them boyfriends or whoever. Look, I was waiting on one of the boyfriends to do something. And during that time, I really wasn't considering a husband. I'm just telling you the truth. I was getting what I was getting, where I was getting it from when I wanted to get it. That's all that mattered. One of them, income tax time, I did his taxes on purpose so I could see what he was getting back. And they sure, I knew. And then the way I talked to him, when he got his taxes, he was just glad to share with me. Boy, he was glad to give me some of that money. We got our taxes back. Our taxes. I didn't contribute to nothing, and I, I, I give nothing to the government on your behalf to get nothing back. But my hand was out for the money. Going to church three, four times a week or more. Don't let them have something special at the church. Yeah, I had to get on over there. I remember a time one of the sisters gave me some clothes, beautiful clothes, shoes, everything. The pastor even met me. He said, oh, I see one of the sisters unchanged in here. <laughs> yeah. God bless my effort. Sion, look at here. I'm going to get with you. I'll get you. I'll get you later, Miss Sion. Yeah. Listen. Uh. I didn't know what I was doing until I learned, until I fully received Jesus. When I fully received him, he began to teach me, and I began to learn and obey the teaching. I found out who I was, y'all. Yeah, I had been a whore, because see, whores don't lay for money. Prostitutes do. You ain't gonna lay with no prostitute and don't pay her. That's uh-uh. She's not that kind of girl. But whores are laid for fun. Whores are laid just to please a man. I found out I had that form of godliness and denied the power thereof. I found out I really was no good. But God loved me. And he thought I would be some good. Because he saw the day that I was going to fully come to him. But in order for all of this to change, I had to fully come to God. I couldn't play no more out there. Wasn't no more dope to sell for me. I didn't need no Mercedes. I didn't need no 6-2. I didn't need no Max. I didn't need none of that. No Safari Bank. I didn't need none of that. I didn't need to be on nail polish, $1,000. I didn't need all of that. I needed Jesus. I needed to get my life right with him and learn how to obey his word daily. Learn how to keep my mind on him daily and let him keep me in perfect peace. Last night, the Lord was dealing with me about my mouth. Quick to hear, Barbara, slow to speak. Quick to hear, slow to speak. And stop talking about the same thing over and over with somebody. Let your yay be yay, your nay be nay. Say what you got to say and don't say no more. Let them make their own choices. Stop trying to get them to change for me. If I try and they haven't done it, you can keep trying. They're not going to do it for you. 
He's almighty God that have all power. He know how to get to you. And if he's tried and you didn't surrender, guess what? What am I going to do? So sometimes people, you want people to come to God and stay. Or sometimes people come into God's temple warily so that you can think that they changed. They didn't change. That was game. God knew it. And he wants you to open your eyes so you'll know. And it's all right today in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Some people don't like the truth. They can't stand it. Ooh, it's going to make me stop doing what I'm doing in my flesh. I don't want to hear that. And they'll turn it off. Because they want to continue in themselves. And God can't use that. He's a spirit. He's holy. And unless we're doing these things spiritual and holy, I'm here to tell you. Now, he had the patience, more patience than Job could ever have to wait on us to come to him. He waited for me. He waited. But he knew when I was coming. And oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad he did. I don't know why, Jesus, he loves me. Hallelujah. I don't know why, still to this day, he cares. I don't know why he sacrificed his life. Oh, but I'm glad in that early morning voice. So glad he did. He did it for me. He sacrificed his life knowing that I was against him, knowing that I would go to church and still live the fleshly life. When I was yet a sinner, Christ died for me. He suffered for me, hung, bled, died, conquered all, and rose with all power, with Barbara in mind. He so loved the world. God did and gave his only begotten son to go through all of that for somebody who wasn't going to treat him right. And a lot of them are still out here not treating God right. Not that I'm perfect. And I don't have some coming up to do. Because I have plenty coming up to do in Jesus. Until I leave here. So see, I haven't made it there yet. I haven't heard him say, well done, that good and faithful servant. Until I hear that, I'm still here. I'm yet striving for perfection. I yet got to come up in God. I yet got to show him I love him. And I want to obey you. I want to do your will. Run this race until you call and beckon for me. Hallelujah. I'm grateful unto Almighty God. Yeah. And I yet love people. Because he said love the enemies. Yeah. So I yet have to love my enemies. Hallelujah. I'm thankful this morning. So listen, we're going to this last song of the morning. And when the song ends today, I won't be coming back. Hallelujah. But I'm going to dedicate this one to everybody, whether you're in the studio or just sitting back listening this morning. This is dedicated to you. And if you can remember this, come up in God. Come up in him. Show him you love him. And remember this right here. You're going to be all right because he's going to do everything that he can for you. Everything that you will allow him to do. If you're in the midst of a trial, pray your way through the trial saying this, Lord, teach me the valuable lesson in this trial. Show me, God. Show me your way in Jesus' name. 
Hallelujah. Let's take a listen. And after this, uh, I'm going to pray. Well, after prayer, let's pray first. I'm sorry. I'm getting all confused there. Excited. We'll pray first, then listen at the last song. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for all that has been said and done this morning. We thank you for your word. Your word is a lamp unto our feet. It's a light unto our path. And forever, O oh God, that word is settled in heaven. Father, as we depart this morning, sanctify us through thy truth, for thy word is true. Father, let your word lead the way and give us the heart and mind to follow. Let us hide your word in our heart that we might not sin against you. And Father, as we depart today, help us all to keep our mind on you. It's you that's going to keep us in perfect peace. Help us to obey at any cost. Lord, we might look like fools. People may come against us, but help us to stand for what's right, righteous and holy in the name of Jesus. Bless every household represented here. Father, move by your spirit through the homes. Lord, that which is separated, that you put together, bring it back together. That which is separated that you never put together, God, destroy it from the root that it never comes back. In the name of Jesus, help us all today to be your people, a people of obedience. We thank you for what you did for us. You loved us. You sent your only begotten son. We thank you for all he went through for us. And Lord, help us to be effective witnesses unto you, to talk of your wondrous works and make known your deeds among the people. So stand in the need of finances this morning. Lord, not for selfishness, but God, whatever you give them, you're giving them more than they're going to share with others who are in dire straits. Do it this morning in the name of Jesus. Oh, we thank you. We thank us. Help us. We thank you. Help us to remember Exodus. And Lord, help us to exit from the things that's got us in bondage. Help us to make the big exit today in the name of Jesus. We thank you. We give you glory, Father. We give you honor and praise. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen and hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. May the Lord watch between me and thee while we are absent one from another in the name of Jesus. Go today in love and peace. Share the good news of Jesus and give someone something of quality. God loves the cheerful giver. Have a blessed day. I speak the blessings of Almighty God upon you today. Monday, May the 8th. 2023 in Jesus name. So at this time, I'm going to say bye-bye and we're going to our last song of the morning. And again, come up in the Lord, show God that you want to do what's right. Make a conscious decision to just say no to your flesh today. Yeah. And obey the word of the Lord. I want to give you this is Proverbs chapter three, verses five through seven. Pay close attention and put it to work. Meditate on it, remember it, and put it into action. It's not going to work unless you put it into action. And once you're putting that into action, you're showing God you're trusting him. You're not going to lean to your own understanding. Before you make any move, you're going to pray and let God direct your path. And listen, anything you need, God got it. All right, Jay Moss, y'all know we have to give just a second or two. He's coming up. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.
there is none like you. Yo, P. Stay ready. It's the new swag, baby. Woke up this morning and I told myself, not gonna worry about what I cannot help. People dying innocently, hate is spreading rapidly. I'm not talking apathy, but some things God's gotta work. Whoa, you gotta
All right, ladies, Tavis, Louis gone. Louis got out of there this morning. All right, I'm out. <laughs> Okay. Go ahead. 